Hey guys, this is Kyle and Lauren with Steadfast Marriage Podcast. Listen, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. Would you do us a favor and share this podcast on your social platform? Lauren and I want to get this content into as many homes as possible. And our promise to you is that all conversation will be Christ-centered and authentic as we talk all things marriage, parenting, and personal finances. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Steadfast Marriage Podcast. My name is Kyle. I'm here with my beautiful bride, Lauren. And listen, we are really excited to jump into today's content with you. We're going to be doing some myth busting. We're going to look at uh, some myths that society has uh, in regarding your marriage. And then we're going to look at some biblical truths uh, regarding those myths. Myth number one, society says it's okay to look, but you can't have. Here's what I mean by that. It's okay to look at another man. It's okay to look at another woman as long as you don't cross a line, as long as you don't pursue because you're married, because you you have a ring. So it's okay to look. It's okay to dream. It's okay to fantasize, right? Right. But, but you can't have. Here's the truth to that. Biblical truth. Matthew chapter 5, verse 28 says, But I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. That's the standard. That's the biblical standard, people, that we want to we wanna hang on. Here's what I want you to know. Guys, whether you are uh, hanging out with guys at night, you've gone out for wings, you've gone out for guy time, you're hanging out at a lunch table um, during your workday. Ladies, you've gone out uh, for much needed time away and, and you're sitting there at a table and you're drooling, you're dreaming, you're fantasizing, whatever it is, According to scripture, you have already committed adultery into your heart. The world says it's okay. You can look, you can drool, you can dream. Just don't cross that line. But it's very, very important to know this, that when you are doing that, you are sowing seeds into your mind that will eventually lead you to a crossroads, will eventually lead you into a dark uh, a, a dark alley, if you will, in a moment of weakness or in a season of trial, whether it's trial for you and your spouse together, trial for your family, you're just going through it. And in a moment of weakness, now all of those seeds that you have sown into uh, into your mind uh, by continuing to, as the world says, look but not touch, now has has begun to uh, to take root. The other side is, of that is this, and, and I know Lauren wants to share. This doesn't have to be something you're 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 looking out um, uh, in your workplace, uh, going out at night. This can be things that you're looking at on a screen, guys, ladies. What you look at on a screen directly affects your mind, directly affects your spiritual walk, and it has uh, significant impacts. What are, what are some of the things that you see in social media? Yeah, I think that um, with social media these days, we've got a lot that is coming at us from all different angles and who you follow or who you're friends with. And it might be someone who doesn't know the Lord. That's, you know, that's okay. You can be friends with them. But is your feed being filled with pictures of things that are inappropriate? And then all of a sudden your mind is going down that bunny trail. And mm. that's what we're trying to prevent here. So there might be some 
someone that you have to unfollow. Doesn't mean you have to unfriend them, but unfollow them and remove that from constantly being seen on your feed or on your Instagram or whatever it is. Um, We've actually had that before where we've seen someone and we are both friends with that person and we just needed to rem- to just stop following completely yeah. for both of us. And not because it was a weakness, not yeah. because it was something that we struggled with. It was just that we don't want to see that because we don't want to be filled with our minds. Yeah. You also don't want to be filled with that every time you see that person. Yeah. You know, I mean, <laughs> you're That's seeing true. these images that you've just seen on, on the computer and then all of a sudden you see them in person. And what do you think about? You think about what you just saw on their feed. Yeah. And, um, And so putting those healthy boundaries, uh, it doesn't even have to be, you know, like Kyle said, being out in public and and just looking and gawking over. Uh, It could even be flirting. It could even be you're being friendly, but I'm being kind and just friendly and and just smiling and chatting. Well, that's part of it. It It's not even just looking. It it can be that too, which is almost even another line that's being crossed. Having healthy boundaries and completely just shutting off that that um, that side of your mind yeah. and literally putting blinders on is going to be the best thing. Yeah. And that's not something that you and I have ever struggled with. It's just something that you need to do because the enemy is going to use any way to just sneak right in. Yeah. And if you have that open door, well, he's going to kick it open yeah. further. Yeah. And I'll say this, listen, um, when we first started having conversations about putting boundaries in place, if it is a foreign concept to you guys, uh, you will probably, or ladies, you will probably um, approach it much like I did. I got defensive because I, I wanted it to uh, make sure that I wanted Lauren to make sure that there was no concern on her part. How dare you? I would never do. I would never cheat. I only have eyes for you, or or I don't look at other women those ways. But there's a pride element in that. Yes, that was true. But the inability to put up boundaries is often your first step to a fall. Okay, your inability to listen, truly listen to your spouse, uh, uh, male or female, doesn't matter who's listening to this, right? And 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 listen to what they see or or, or red flags that they may raise for you, right? There, yeah. you're, you're an armor bearer. Well, that's what I was gonna say. A lot of times, women, our husbands don't necessarily see things the way we see it. Kyle's a very very friendly man, kind to others. He was raised in the South and he is a gentleman and that can come off to, to other women as a flirting thing. And so it's, we see red flags. So just bring them up. Hey, you know what? Um, that woman uh, may be looking at you in a way that is inappropriate. And I just want you to be cautious. That doesn't mean I'm telling him he never talks to them and you can't do this. You can't do that. You're not putting those boundaries up. You're just saying, Hey, I'm seeing this. Why don't you just put some caution there when you're dealing with that person? Yeah, that's good. Um, It doesn't mean you have to cut off communication or any of those things. We want to be able to be a light to all of those around us. And listen, we don't get to determine 
how much an individual influences us. We only get to determine who is doing our influencing. So guys, ladies, be very selective with who you allow to be a part of your regular uh, inner circle because there is great consequences involved to the positive or to the negative for those that are uh, gonna be daily around you. Again, we do not get to determine how much an individual influences, only who is doing the influencing. The second myth is this. Society says it's okay to vent about my frustration regarding my spouse to my friends. It's okay to just let it out. Every time we're together, you know what? Can you believe he didn't do the dishes? Can you believe she didn't do the laundry? Can you believe they talked at me this way? Here's the truth. Ephesians 4.29 says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Listen, I'm going to be very, very candid. This is one of my, um, man, I don't know. This is one of my biggest pet peeves here. Your spouse is a God-given relationship. It is a gift to you. It is a lifelong gift that God has given to you for you to enjoy, to grow together, to face trials together, to do life together. Okay. So many people regarding this, this issue become creatures of habit regarding negative speak or negatively speaking about their spouse under the guise of, well, this is what friends are for. I'm just talking to my friends. But the only problem is this, when we're not careful here, one, it becomes what you're talking about to all of your friends, and it becomes the only thing that you're talking about to all of your friends. And what happens is, the more you water that seed, the more you you water that seed of frustration or disappointment or 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 bitterness, it's going to grow to anger over time. It's going to grow to uh, resentment. Okay. Another thing to go with that is when you are talking to someone else about your spouse and the issues that you might be having or what you're upset about. Then the next time you go to talk to them about something good or exciting or sharing something, their negativity from Mm. your last conversation can now skew their advice or their um, opinion of your spouse in the future. So you're constantly on a roller coaster of, well, one day this is good, one day this is bad, and up and down. And the advice that you might be getting is completely off basis in that moment. And listen, rather than having a a conversation, it's one thing to have just a a one-off, you've got uh, a friend that's really solid, you've got a friend that's really trustworthy, and you know, hey, I can lean on this person, right? Yeah, and I think there are times when you are needing some serious counsel. Yep. That is different. Yep. We're talking about the, the the little tits and tats that you're dealing with each and every day and then running off and telling your friends or or almost gossip. That's pretty yep. much Turns what it comes gossip, down to yeah. is it's gossiping about your spouse and that is just not acceptable. Yep. A godly friend, a godly uh, uh, relationship in your, vi- in your, in your life will always uh, point you 
back to the cross, mm-hmm. right, in yeah. prayer, and then point you back to your spouse for communication, yes. right? And that is completely okay yeah. to discuss with someone if you know that person is going to do those things. Yeah. If you have that one trusted friend that you can say, I am struggling with this, and they give you that godly counsel, and they give you the ideas of how to fix it in a way that is honoring the Lord, yeah. absolutely yeah. talk to them about it. But I will say you should be talking to your spouse first. first. Yeah, yeah. Listen, it's it is. You would think it would be common sense, right? Yeah. If I have a problem with you, and <laughs> I go to uh, I don't know, I go to your friend and to talk about the problem with you, that's not going to help me solve my problem with you. Right. I need to go to the source. In fact, that that's biblical, guys, okay? Yeah. Go to the source, work it out, communicate. There's nothing good that comes uh, from that. The other side I want to uh, uh, kind of touch on, and Lauren, uh, she brought up a really, really good point here. Your spouse you've lived with, you've done life with, you have created an affection for, you, an intimacy with, all of those things. So when you voice frustration or you voice hurt or anger, whatever it may be, it's a lot easier for you to come back to a place of normalcy or level ground because you have so much love for them already. When you go to someone who does not have the time in the years and the sweat equity, if you will, in your relationship, that does not have that in with your spouse, they're not coming back to that place very quickly, if at all. And so when you go and you spew your your frustration, your hate, your anger, whatever it may be, that person is left holding that bag and they're just going to continue to fill it up with all of those seeds uh, when you come back in frustration, right? right. So just something to think about when, when you want to go out and now celebrate what your husband or your wife has done for you. Uh, if you've been someone who for years has been bashing your spouse, don't be surprised when your friends uh, don't get behind it or celebrate it with you because now you have completely given a skewed version uh, of what your uh, relationship is. The third myth is this. Society says to have your five-year plan. You got to have your five-year plan. How many kids you're going to have, when you're going to get married, how long you're going to be engaged before you get married, what your career is going to look like, when you're going to move, all of these different things, right? We threw that out the window, didn't we? <laughs> we, we did. We did throw that out the window. That's a different topic for another day. <laughs> we got engaged after two weeks. We we'll got engaged after two weeks. We got married, uh, let's see, seven after months seven later. months, and now we're going on 11 years. Uh if my boys come to me and propose in two weeks, I'm going to have to experience a supernatural grace from the Lord because I can tell you, I, I don't know that I would be able to handle it. Here's what Lauren and I want to tell you today. Don't trade the Lord's plan for your life and for your marriage for something that's familiar. Don't trade it for what society says it has to look like. The truth is this, Proverbs chapter 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all of your ways submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Okay? Listen, we can't stress this enough. Be led by the Holy Spirit every day. God's plan for your life and for your marriage will look completely different than the American dream that we've all thought we needed to have, okay? It is so much better. And sometimes it's stressful in the waiting period. And we're going through that right now, actually. We're in the waiting period of 
searching for a house and we have ours on the line. We're ready to go. Ours is ready to be sold, but we're searching and we're in that. And we would have thought, okay, this, this happens a little faster or it's a little bit uh, different than this. But right now we are literally telling you from a place that we're walking in is the Lord's plan is so much greater and we're just excited to see how that unfolds. So there are going to be times that you're uncomfortable, that you're waiting, that you're expecting and just sitting and being and trusting and it can be frustrating and uncomfortable it can be but it's we know it's going to be beautiful and we know it's going to be better than we can imagine and it's proven true our entire marriage right And, and i would say this to to that point any any waiting game you go through, any trial you go through, any whatever it is, listen, there's going to be two options that you're going to have. You're going to have an opportunity to grow apart from not only your spouse, but from the Lord because you're frustrated, you're tired of waiting. Or if you take it uh, for the positive, it forges an intimacy, an emotional and relational intimacy with your spouse. And it will allow you, if you do it, if you if you choose to do this, it will allow you to press in and to, to draw yourself into the Lord. The waiting, the enemy wants you to be frustrated in the waiting. Mm-hmm. I have to wait. Yeah. I haven't found my spouse. I have to wait because you know we've been praying for God to, to bless us with a child for years, or I have to wait uh, for that new career or, or that that new house. But as you press into the Lord, as you press in, there's an intimacy and a greater level of depth in your relationship with him that you will never experience each time you go through a season of waiting or trial. And if you will do it correctly and you will lean on your spouse and over communicate, talk about, Hey, listen, I know this doesn't make sense. I know this is not how I should feel. This is what I am feeling. Yeah. Communicating, praying together, yeah. right? There is there is so much greater that the Lord has for you than your American dream. Now, here's what I'm not saying. Here's what Lauren's not saying. We are not saying do not plan. Listen, <laughs> Lauren will plan to plan to plan, uh, and then we'll plan some more just to make sure we had a good plan, okay? You should plan. You should have a plan for your your day-to-day, your week-to-week. You should have your plan for your finances long-term. You should have a vision for your family, uh, for ministry opportunities, right? And I don't mean just within, uh, what does it look like within the church? I'm talking about your sphere of influence, wherever that is. You need to plan. You need to have a vision, okay? But don't allow your plan to go ahead of God's plan, okay? And don't feel the pressures that the society wants to put on you where you have to have this or you have to you know you have to own a home by this time frame in your marriage or you have to have this many kids by the time you're 36 because yeah. you can't have kids after that. No, yeah. that's all lies. Yeah. Those are all lies. Yeah. Don't worry about the timeline and where you're at. If you are literally surrendering your life, your family, your marriage into the hands of the Lord, then just trust that whatever yeah. he has for you is good and perfect yeah. and better than you can imagine. Yeah. But you have to trust that and yeah. you have to just know that his timing may not be what you want yeah. and it might be uncomfortable, but you're going to be thankful in the end. Yeah, listen, God's God's not in a hurry, right? He's never he's never late. He's always on time. And here's what I want to say to this. If you say, hey, you know what, Kyle, Lauren, how do I know God's destiny and plan for my life? How do I know what his plan is for uh for our marriage? Daily surrender 
and following him will lead you to your God-given, uh, your God-given destiny, uh, destiny. Stop worrying about the big picture per se, because if you are faithful in the little steps day in and day out, you will end up in your God-given destiny. Love people right where they are. Point people to Jesus uh, in how you love and how you serve, how you encourage your spouse, your relationship, and allow God to take you from one season into the next. God's never in a hurry. You know, I love that you say that because it just brought up something that I had seen from um, an Instagram post the other day. God's not in a hurry. You are. Mm. And that's why you're tired, you're anxious, you're stressed, you're disappointed because you're in the hurry and you're making yourself feel all those things. And to be honest, this past week, I think we've both felt that every other day. You know, one of us feels good. The next one, we feel anxious and worried and tired and stressed and, okay, Lord, where's the house that you're promising for us, right? But... It's our timeline. So when you surrender your timeline to him, you just get peace. You have his peace. Trust that what was meant to be yours will be yours. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Here's what we want to leave you with this. We want to encourage you to pray continually for God's vision for your marriage. God, show us, reveal to us what you want for us, what you have for us, right? Don't get stuck in the hamster wheel, if you will, of life for work and children and bills, et cetera, and miss the purpose that God has for you and your spouse together. Yeah. Really quickly as we leave, I want to pray over you uh, and your marriages and, and just pray that this would be something that would really sow a seed um, into uh, into your marriage, into your mind, into your heart. I'm uh, just going to pray and then we'll close out this episode. Father, I thank you for each and every person on the other side of this uh, audio device, yes. computer, phone, whatever it may be. Father, I pray uh, that your Holy Spirit would saturate this content. Lord, that that Kyle and Lauren would be made small, but yes. Father, that they would come to know you on a greater level, that they would come to know you uh, more personally. They would come to know you within the context of their marriage and the yes. plans and the purpose that you have for them. Father, I pray for healing, for relationships that need healing. God, I pray that you would break the bondages of hurt and anger and frustration. Lord, we know that the enemy is after every marriage out there, that he is after every God-ordained marriage. So Father, I pray a special covering. I pray for a hedge of angels to protect every uh, marriage, every covenant that was made before you. And Father, I pray that you would unify them. Lord, I pray that you would bring laughter back into the home and joy. Lord, that there would be blessing upon blessing, Lord, and with every blessing that you pour out into these homes, God, that they would be faithful to give you praise, to give you glory, to turn it and use it for your kingdom. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen Amen. and amen. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on this latest episode of the Steadfast Marriage Podcast. We look forward to being with you very soon. God bless.